This is the Truth of the Matters podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is episode 136. Before we begin, let's give you a round of applause for pressing play and joining us today. Let's give you one more round of applause for entering into the new year of 2024. Welcome, and I'm sure many of you have goals, resolutions that you can't wait to tackle. Now, I must first apologize. It's the start of the new year, but purposely, I've made a conscious decision not to put out the theme of the year on New Year's Day. One of the reasons why I decided to do that is I wanted to take time to reflect once again to make sure that the thing I was putting out for the year would be helpful, useful, and a blessing to those who have been tuning into the podcast three and a half years ago and have been blessed due to what has been provided. For me, it's really no game to put out things for the year to be helpful and a blessing and not consider what you're putting out. The content that you put out can be either instrumental or destructive. And I thought it was important and necessary going on almost four years with the podcast that I do my due diligence, recheck my sources, recheck the conclusions I came to thoroughly to make sure that it would not be a a stumbling block, but rather a blessing. Now, here on the Truth of the Matters podcast, we don't believe in New Year's resolutions. We believe rather in themes instead. The text that supports our philosophy comes right out of the word. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25, which says, It is a trap to dedicate something rashly, only later to consider one's vow. It is a trap to dedicate something rashly, only later to consider one's vow. Now, for someone to be rashly is for them to be too hasty or thoughtless in a ill-advised way as it pertains to a present and future decision i repeat that one more time for someone to be rashly is for them to be too hasty or thoughtless in a ill-advised way as it pertains to a present and or future decision Let me expand on this. When we think about New Year's resolutions, the objective is to make a promise to yourself under your own strength to do something different for the sake of the occasion. In this this case, it's the New Year. Now, when you think about it, and part of thinking about it is being honest with yourself, should it take a New Year in order for you to make a change? Or should there be other justified reasons besides it being the New Year that you want to implement a change. This is the reason why I've said, if you plan to make changes because of the new year, it can be looked at as rashly and foolhardy. So, to sort of help filter out this, I want to give you a thought experiment. Next year, or sometime today, or this week, I want you to ask some of your friends and family, 
what are their New Year's resolutions? And if they have created some New Year's resolutions, why did they decide to wait to the New Year to make those changes? And see what their responses are. I can tell you from personal experience that I've done this. And I can tell you there have been no real thoughtful reasons behind why people have done this. In fact, there haven't been much organic explanations as to why. They haven't been thought out with several different considerations as to why they did this. Which is why evidence... Of reflection is necessary with any decision that you make. So I want you to consider this thought experiment that I just laid out before you. And see what are some of your friends thinking. Some of your family members thinking. And maybe with what I shared today it could be useful and helpful. In regards to how you can change the way they think. Remember the quality of your thinking can determine the quality of your life. And in some cases, having a change of heart and a change of mind can be helpful, instrumental to bring somebody's critical thinking up. So, with this being said, it would be silly not to address why some people want to make changes. Some people want to make changes is because they reach rock bottom and things can't get any worse than the way things are right now for them. In some cases, this is bad, and in other cases, it's good. It all depends on what the individual needs and what they are accustomed to. It could be bad because if you need to experience this every time in regards to reaching rock bottom to make a change, then you might be considered stubborn, prideful, and unfortunately, you will get nowhere with that mindset and attitude. So the reason why reflection is important because if you come to the realization that you are stubborn, that you are prideful, then maybe you need to make some changes so that you don't have to be that way. Now, it could be good because you probably realize that you can only go up from here and you can use what you've experienced because it's a familiar process and therefore you'll be highly motivated to dig yourself out of whatever you're going through. And you can press forward with confidence with everything that you have. The sad part is there are so many people who have fallen and failed in the public eye. And the way they responded is that they provided content to be helpful to you so that you can avoid the same problems. Right? They have books. They have podcasts. They've done speeches. And it's important that these evidences are left behind because they can be used as teaching tools. One of those teaching tools for us here on The Truth of the Matter is, is the Bible. And if we go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and we read verses 1 to 11, there we have the insight that's been provided. So let's go there. We're going to read this out of the NLT. And the title of this section is revealing enough for it says lessons from Israel's idolatry. Lessons from Israel's idolatry. So what it says. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago 
all of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them and all of them walked through the sea of, on dry ground. In the, in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happen as a warning to us. These things happen as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan reverie. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 2,300 of them or 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as an example for us. These things happened to them as an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Let's learn from other people's mistakes so that we can prevent the same behavior and patterns. Okay? It's about being smart. So with that being said, with so many failed resolutions and knowledge of the word, we decided to go with themes rather than resolutions. In the past, you saw and remembered how people just gave up within a few months when it's not a thing anymore. The gyms become empty after the first three or four months throughout a few years. And guess what? Those gyms are taking your money because you agreed to a contract. You aren't fulfilling it. And a break a habit isn't going to be easy. Of course, it takes time. And anytime you want change, it's not an event. It's a process. A theme, on the other hand, is not just a subject of conversation. It's a part of the whole. So rather than limit yourself, there can always be a number of improvements to be made. Within a theme, rather than resolutions, a theme allows you to map out and set up a plan that will lead you to an experienced success. So let's continue with the topic of the gym and use that as a tool for a thought experiment. If I say I'm going to the gym regularly in 2024... You have limited, you have a limited resolution in that idea. A thing would be to improve my overall health in 2024. This would be much more effective. You might ask why? Because it doesn't just deal with my fitness. I could also address my emotional health, my mental health, and therefore I have more opportunities to see growth and change within the year. The point is you want a broader vision for change. And when it comes to themes, it's just part of the whole. You understand what I'm saying now? Another thing is you don't look to the new year to reinvent yourself. You do so because you want the best version of yourself. I'll say that again. You don't look to the new year to reinvent yourself. 
You do so because you want the best version of yourself and you don't want to sell yourself short. And lastly, remember this. Change is not an event. It's a process. So give yourself time to make the necessary changes. Rome wasn't built in a day and so won't be your faith. Now, I've been preparing for this podcast for for years and it's been available for three and a half years. So far, we have revealed two things on this podcast. The first one came on episode 31, fill up your jar. The second one came on episode 84, preference your approach and communication. What's interesting is these two things are aligned with the third theme. In fact, as we continued, as we are going to continue with the Gospel of Matthew series, the passage we are will be looking at will lead right into the thing for this year when i've thought even more deeply the way the lord has blessed me the last couple of weeks has been has actually been hinting at our thing for the year so i will answer the question about how god has been a blessing and expand on it later when i provide you the theme of the year the lord has been a blessing to me And I'll just tell you those ways that he's been a blessing to me. And of course, I will give the explanations later. So the Lord has been a blessing to me because he's been able to show me his love and compassion for others. I've been able to see his timing. And I've been able to see his planning involved in his use of me over a period of time. I'll repeat that before we go into the prayer. The Lord has blessed me to see his love and compassion for others, his timing, and his plans evolve in his use of me over a period of time. Now, with that being said, let's open with prayer before we get things started today in the word. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another year, another opportunity to represent you in it. As we enter 2024, Let's not forget what we have worked for and what has worked for us in the past. Your word, which is alive and well, has implications on the past. Let's learn from it and apply it where it needs to be in our lives correctly. Lord, allow us to learn from our mistakes and press forward to be a difference in our families, in our communities and in the public space where high character and prime examples are essential. Lord, open up our eyes to see the value of your word, how to implement it on all fronts. Open our ears to hear your word because faith comes from hearing and that's through the word of God. Let us not underestimate the power of hearing which can make a difference. It can direct us to where we need to be and what we need to do. Lord, open up our hearts to receive your truth because in it, it can set us free. Open up our minds to understand because with all thy getting, we need to have and receive understanding. It's also the principal thing. Lord, we ask you these things humbly and openly. You said we can ask anything in your name and if it's according to your will, you would do, Lord. As we look at every individual, saved or not saved i'm sure you know we need this constantly therefore we place our faith in it finally lord use me as an as an instrument 
use me I see put to share something that can be instrumental for people moving forward and therefore I say this in Jesus name we pray amen so let me give you a preview of what to expect in the first episode of 2024 we're going to continue with the gospel of Matthew series by closing out chapter 8 through that I would tell you the theme of the year and provide you with some testimonial support along with scriptures and of course we're going to end with prayer as always there will be no devotion it will be rather a prayer and i hope that this sounds good and it will be a blessing for you so let's get started with our text for today the main text is going to be matthew chapter 8 and we're going to look at verses 28 through 34 in the english standard version just give me one second when i get it some water okay and when he came to the other side to the country of the Gardenese two demon possessed men met him coming out of tombs so fierce that no one could pass that way and behold they cried out what have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep banks into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going to the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all of the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. So what we have here are two men who are demon-possessed. The scripture says they came out of tombs. We know that they are possessed because the scripture says so. But their actions in verse 28 says they were fierce. They were so fierce that no one can pass that way which they came. So one would surmise that they were being destructive. They were terrorizing. They were disturbing the peace. They were occupying a space of land, preventing access to enter. The reason why this is important to highlight because Jesus made his appearance and notice what they were doing. Now, Jesus, back in the Gospel of Luke, said something very critical when he read the scroll of Isaiah and within the temple. Let's go to the passage. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. verses 17 through 21 and it reads and the scroll of the prophet isaiah was handed to him on rolling it he found the place where it was written the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover the recovery of the sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. 
he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The verse that comes to mind is verse 18, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. The question that I have as it's associated with Matthew 8 is, are not the two men who are demon-possessed actually oppressed and in need to be set free? I would believe so, right? This, of course, is one of my many, this is one of the many things Jesus came to do, right? If you follow me, you know that this is pretty dead on, right? So the rest of the text in Matthew 8 goes on to convey that the demons, knowing who Jesus was, questioned him. What do you want with us? This is a very interesting question to me. And I'll give you the thought process to why I think the question is interesting. The demons, right, have occupied these two bodies. And now that Jesus has made an appearance before them, they are annoyed and scared because from their vantage point, they have time to do what they want practically, right? It's likely that there isn't, that this isn't the first two bodies they've ever occupied either, right? They've demons, which means these demons currently have been surviving because they've been making home with human beings, right? These two demons currently have bodies because they are living in them because Jesus is here and they want to know if their time is up, which means they know a lot more than humans, especially when it comes to Jesus. I mean, they know the truth and they are fallen angels still moving within a purpose that is falling, a fallen purpose. In fact, I mean, think about it for a second. Let's think about this critically here. Fallen angels who are divine beings that are known as demons make an appearance into societies, nations, political systems to influence the people into malicious and thoughtful ideas, right? This is where you have false religions where there are false gods, which are divine beings, which are beings that are manipulating and deceiving people they are receiving honor glory and worship while also knowing at the same time this will come to an end because they know who the true god is and of course when god decides to move their positions their circumstances will change they also know that they are a falling condition and when Jesus shows up their reign their rule their authority is threatened how small and lowly they are when faced with the reality that what they have done thus far could be over this passage lets you know that there's a system there's a hierarchy the demons are aware of Jesus, even in the flesh. Jesus is no stranger to them. In fact, 
If you go to the Gospel of Luke, Jesus addresses a demon and does so quietly so that the demon wouldn't reveal his identity. Let's go there. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, verse 33 through 35. And it says, In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon and in pure spirit. He cried out as at the top of his voice, Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them and came out without injuring him. So Jesus obviously didn't want his identity being proclaimed by the demons, which goes on to show you that there were bigger plans in place to redeem humanity. Without question, timing is important and necessary for Jesus and what he's trying to do. Right. He had a mission and he was in operation doing it very strategically. Now, the next portion of this text is very telling. Here's why. Right. The demons, of course, ask Jesus, could they be cast out into the pigs? This portion can be further explained in Matthew 12, where demons need bodies to occupy. Here's something to think about. Once a person is set free from a demon, if that person goes back into what enslaved them then guess what it becomes much more harder to stay free because now more demons can occupy a person than before in the gospel of mark chapter 5 you have a legion of demons in which they occupied and made home within a man a legion which is quite a lot and it's some serious stuff now the ending is telling and, and important Rather than rejoice that these men were set free. And remember, whoever the sun sets free, they truly are free indeed, comes into mind. The people who wanted Jesus to leave. And they wanted Jesus to leave. And I think it's alarming to me. Why? Right? By casting the demon into the pigs, you lose money. Yep, the concern for financial loss meant more to the people than health and life of those men that the swine herd spread news in fear and the people also were angry about the drowned pigs and formed the mob in response and wanted Jesus gone to never come back. The truth of the matter is freedom comes at a cost. Sometimes fear will overwhelm your thankfulness and for those in the community they were overwhelmed in fear and what to do next and this in fact is a real thing now i want us to take a look at a story that's very similar in the book of acts chapter 16 and i want us to look at verses 16 through 24 and i will mention the rest later when it comes to the theme for this year so one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her master by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. 
and instantly it left her. Her masters, hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them into the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in the uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the people officially, the, the, the city's officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us to remain, for us in Roman, in Rome to practice. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So they were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailers were ordered to make sure they did not escape. So the jailers put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So why do I proclaim these stories to be similar? Well, Paul came to spread the gospel. Along the way, he ran into a demon-possessed slave woman who he sets free. Jesus was on his way and he had two men coming who were destructing a peace. And he sets those two men free from demon possession. It cost the slave woman's master money in the second story. It also cost money when it came to the people within the community when the pigs were drowned within their area as well. In both stories, the cause for freedom impacted the money flow. The drowning of the pigs resulted in loss of money in the first story, as I said earlier. And the loss of money of fortune telling impacted the master of the slave woman. The fortune telling came to a cease and animal profit ended. In both stories, anger and fear of what's next entered the equation in both scenarios. As a result, Jesus needed to be gone to never return. And Paul and Silas needed to be punished because they were spreading information that impacted the custom for what Rome's Roman people were doing. Now, this leads me to share the theme of the year. The passage in Matthew 8 can be seen as a negative story to read. However, I see the importance of it along with its implications as it relates to how a person can be used. I'll read that again. Or I'll mention it again to you. The passage in Matthew 8 can be seen as a negative story to read at first. However, I see the importance of it and the implications as it relates to how a person has and can be used. Paul makes a very profound statement in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 13 in the NFT and this is what he says he says do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin instead give yourselves completely to God for you were dead but now you have a new life so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Powerful statement. Therefore, our thing for the year is simply be a willing instrument for righteousness. Be a willing instrument for righteousness. Now let's break this down. 
Paul says something worth mentioning. He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons, right? There's such a thing as being an instrument for righteousness and not wickedness, right? The passage we read in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8 is... A passage that expresses that two men were used as instruments of wickedness. Jesus was used as an instrument of righteousness. The passage of Acts. Right? The slave woman was used as an instrument of wickedness. Paul was used as an instrument of righteousness. The first theme of the year on this podcast was about filling up your jar right the objective was to get familiarized with the word of god so that you can be equipped so that you can educate you can be educated and in the knowing of what the word of god says and advises and informs the second theme of the year was all about molding the way you communicate right by your preferences right remember this your approach and communication is everything when it comes to how you spread something, how you share something, how you teach something. If you have worked on both of these themes leading up into 2024, you can without a doubt be a willing instrument for God and in this case for his righteousness. Here are my testimonial stories as it relates to this topic. I work for Uber Eats, as some of you know, but two years ago, I was given an opportunity to be part of a Uber consultant program as an Uber crew member. And as an Uber crew member, the objective of the program was to create a channel, the avenue for feedback for the workers for Uber. So they needed to hear from drivers, bikers, scooter riders, walkers, who deliver food and taxi drivers who drop off passengers. This gave us a voice, which was needed because we are the main reason why the Uber platform is thriving as a business, right? Because as independent contractors, we're providing a service and that service is what's allowing money to be made. We have happy customers and happy workers. Now, in order to improve that experience, you need to learn what works and what doesn't on the app side of things. And in order to get that information, you need experienced drivers and workers of the platform to be able to provide it. So I had the liberty of meeting drivers from all around the world who work for Uber. And in these meetings, we bonded with similar struggles, but we also agreed on things that actually worked. Great experience. Now, after the first year in the program, I didn't see much of anything that changed. So I applied to be an Uber consultant as an Uber crew member once again and got rejected at first. Now, of course, I was disappointed mainly because in most cases, you don't start to see changes happen in the first year of anything that you start. Most of the time, it's the second and third years where you see changes and things that have worked. Now, something interesting happened out of the blue. I received a call from Uber crew asking me if I was still interested and I of course, said yes, and I was rewarded with an opportunity to come back for a second term. And as I predicted, towards the end of that year, which was this, the end of 2023, 
in December, I started to see the changes, especially the ones that I suggested. But wait, things got better. So in these meetings, I was able to speak out. I made sure to speak with confidence. And in these meetings, we were on Zoom meetings. And guess what was on, on the background of these Zoom meetings? My podcast lo- logo. The Truth of the Matter as podcast logo. And I've had that logo since day one. So when we would pop on the meetings, you would have some people that had the Uber crew member design in the back. You would have people that didn't have anything in the back or a blur. And I had my podcast logo in the back of my Zoom. In my background for my Zoom. In the middle of November, I received a call from Uber crew offering... To fly me out to San Francisco, all I needed to do was speak at the symposium conference and explain what we had been working on. I said yes. So they flew me out, paid for my hotel, paid for my ride to the hotel, and it was a great experience. I was invited to a business gathering, right, with a lot of the employers and employees for Uber from the corporate side. Had a great time. There was a point in the conversation where I was told that I spoke really well with so much elegance and so much articulation, right? And in these spaces, I was able to share my podcast. I shared it with this one woman who felt that the podcast titling was so catchy that she wouldn't forget it. Now, I don't know if she actually wrote it down or not, but I shared it. And it happened to be the woman who was in charge of the event. I found out later, technically, they wanted to fly out an additional crew member. The only issue was they couldn't make it, which means I would have to speak the majority of the time. The next day comes, I blow it out of the water. I do a phenomenal job. It was never a doubt for me. Now, here's what's interesting. The second part of this testimony is I met a nice young lady who was in charge of showing me around. Basically, she was my escort for the event. And once I got off the stage, she sent me some photos that was taken during the time that I spoke. And we had a period of time for lunch. So she asked a little bit more about this podcast that I had. So she brought it up again. And during this time, she showed some interest. So as I spoke to her, I was very observant, and I noticed that she wore some new age things, right? She had some earrings that had the the yin and the yang imagery. I saw a few other things that I noticed that I couldn't help. But that, to me, brought a feeling of fulfillment. There was a feeling of fulfillment. That happened in these moments. And, and the reason why I was a feeling of fulfillment. Is that. There was a woman who was supposed to be there for me. And escort me. She had a family member die. Which means the woman that is now escorting me. Was placed in that position to escort me. Which means her hearing the gospel message. Was critical and necessary. And when I think about how unlikely I would have been able to be in this position 
being that I was not, I applied the second time and didn't get it. And then I did get it. It could have been all for this point to share the truth with her, for her to hear the truth, for her to see how confidently I spoke. And in that confidence, there was truth that was in it. Blew my mind. Rather than being excited for being there to speak on the behalf of Uber, I felt I was there to speak as a representation and ambassador for Christ. So it blew my mind that I was able to share it with her. I was able to tell her. I was able to show her that I'm living proof. I even walked through my testimony how what introduced me to the word of God was I was so fascinated by the text between the conversation between Jesus and Peter and that what had happened to Peter, he can use it to strengthen his brothers and sisters around him. It was fascinating. It was truly fascinating that subconsciously I was able to recognize in that moment what God was doing and how he was using me. His timing, which is what I spoke about the importance of his usage of me, which is what I spoke about how I, I feel like God has blessed me. The timing was phenomenal. The usage of me was phenomenal. It really was a blessing. It gets good. It gets even better now. So my driver who took me to the airport to leave San Fran and on my way back to New York was a man from Ethiopia who just moved to the area. And he was a Christian. And I shared with him my podcast as well. And... He talked about how he never knew of a podcast, but what I was sharing with him, he felt it could be stimulating for him also as he's working. So I shared with him a podcast and I gave him one of my cards with the podcast logo. And he thought the imagery was amazing. It was super capturing. And hopefully he could press play on one of the episodes on this podcast. And I shared with him. I shared this thing with him, and he seemed super enthusiastic about the whole thing. And as I reflected over everything, I realized that God used me as an instrument of righteousness. And it took two years for it to actually happen. You know, I speak about reflection so much because when you actually reflect, you see what God is doing and how God is moving. And this is how he's moving. Let me just count the ways. I saw his love and compassion for others as he knocked at the hearts of who they are, their personal situations, and he used me to do it. Right? A challenging of their living conditions aligned with what he wants for them. I saw that all in the moments of using me while also seeing the anticipation or what their response would be. I speak again about the timing because my podcast had launched three and a half years ago. Never did I ever think it would play a role in how others see me, especially to rec recommend me to speak for the whole of Uber Crew. He knew I would apply again, even though I was rejected somehow. I was brought back in for a second turn to ultimately be used to represent the program 
and as an experienced crew member, but also as a representative of Christ. Right, his plans involved me being used as an instrument of righteousness to share the gospel with several people in California while I'm in New York. And with the podcast being three and a half years, it can be considered old and seasoned enough to have people check it out. I'm thankful and appreciative because maybe I'm the planter or maybe I'm this watering. But in the end, God is providing the increase comes out of first Corinthians chapter three, verse six to nine NLT. And it says this, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work for we are God we are both God's workers and you are God's field you are God's building so I don't know what would happen to the individuals I spoke about the importance of reading the word of God but I'm just glad to be a willing instrument for the righteousness of God Two additional testimonies I have for you, right? I went on a podcast three weeks ago where they believed in different things. Self, Jesus, the ancestors, angels, crystals, and gems. And I spoke truth in that space. And the people were were receptive to it. I was a willing instrument for righteousness. And in that space, I actually met a friend that I was actually on their podcast in the past. We prayed for them in the end after because they seemed really confused and unsure about what they believed after I proclaimed the one and only God to them, Jesus Christ. I did what I was called to do in that space. And I believe the rest is up to God. My last testimony is this. I was working. Something went wrong with my phone in the store, so I restarted it. It was delayed. But when I went out to my car... There was a gentleman who walked and stopped right near where my car was. And I overheard faith conversations from a man on the sidewalk. It seemed like he couldn't articulate what was needed to be said to help the person on the other end of the phone. So I grabbed one of the the things that I have on my podcast. I walked over to him and I shared my podcast with him. It just felt like a divine meeting. But I believed, I believe you're gonna get you get this point, right? The rest of the passage in chapter 16 begins at verse 24, but we'll start at verse 23 and it says this. The jailers were ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailers put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailers woke up to see the prisoner doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword 
to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourselves. We are all here. The jailers called for the lights and ran to the dungeons and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in the house were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they were all believed in God. By being a willing instrument for righteousness, you have no idea what space God is calling to have you walk into to be a blessing to others. If you've been feeding, if you've been filling up your jar, and you have learned to communicate and preference the comments in a way that is receivable, the sky is the limit in regards to how God can use you. So, I know I've said a lot, but I think it's important and central to understand that God wants to use you. You are an instrument of righteousness, an ambassador for righteousness. And God has a plan for you. He has a plan for what you plan to do in life. He has a plan for how to use you. It is all up to you and your willingness and desire to be used by God to make a difference, to enhance the numbers in the kingdom. So I want to close out in prayer by saying this. Father God, in Jesus name, there is so much you can do with those who strive to be holy and set apart like you. You are not interested in taking hostages, only volunteers who desire to share your love, goodness, and truth. Therefore, I pray that we continue to speak highly of the transformation we have enjoyed due to the encounter we had with your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that people will understand that in relationship with you, Lord, you're going to use the good and the bad in our journeys to learn of you. This is all part of our development, and this is necessary so that we can continue to learn you and trust in the highs and the lows in the moments of our lives. Those moments can be used as fuel. I pray that as we go into 2024, we will take what worked in previous years and apply it. And we will keep it in mind as we evaluate and reassess and look back at the things of 2022 and 2023 allow those themes to work in conjunction with our 2024 theme to be a blessing for others and for ourselves we say this in jesus name we pray amen